There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of thesaintsnation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Bing! Take that to the bank. L-B. Those are the only letters that matter because the Saints are hemorrhaging linebackers. Kevin's going to get his horse time. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbro. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast, sponsored by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Andrew, you know it. They have 136 draft beers on tap. And against the Rams, you needed beer, you needed alcohol. You probably needed three orders of the Ducks braised nachos, a ham sandwich, God knows what else because the Saints were terrible. But the Pelican House probably made it enjoyable nonetheless. The Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, they have 50 TVs. They have a 12-foot TV to watch all the NFL playoffs. Go there, Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Support them because they support us, the Pelican House. Wait, um, wait there was there wasn't a game on the Saints were on a bye week. There was no game this Sunday. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me there's there's it happened. I saw it. Zach, Zach Stacy ran for 140 freaking yards. Drew Brees threw picks. Uh, Garrett Hartley missed. A, a field goal, got another one blocked. He got cut. I saw it happen. I bet on it. Yeah, mm. I was there live. I watched it fucking happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we didn't have a game. Don't know what you yeah. guys are talking yeah. about. I'm with Andrew on that one. Um, it, never, same, it never happened. Yeah, usually for the podcast, I send around an email and say, hey, what are we going to talk about for topics besides just the game recap? But the Saints took care of it, uh, Dave, this week. Uh, they cut Garrett Hartley. And then even a move that I found practically stunning was that they're benching Charles Brown and they're going to Ron Armstead at left tackle in the biggest game of the year against maybe the best front seven in the NFL. How surprised were you when you saw that the Saints were making the move at left tackle? Um, I'm a little surprised because, I mean, we know very little about Teron Armstead, I have no idea what he's capable of. I'm I'm totally nervous about this decision. I mean, I would like to think that, uh, you know, I'd like to hope that, you know, the Saints know what they're doing. Peyton knows what he's doing. But uh, I I think it's probably just, hey, we got to we got to bench Charles Brown. We got to make this statement. We got to send this message. And really, the only one that we have is Teron Armstead. So I think it's probably more of a. Uh, just out of a, a, a lack of options that Teron Armstead is getting moved up. And, and uh, I mean, I don't think – I think we should be nervous. I think we should definitely be nervous. Uh, Kevin, how stunned were you about the move at left tackle? Uh, I was stunned uh, – well, in, enjoy eating that apple, Dave. I was stunned <laughs> when it happened during the game. I was like, wait a minute, did they move – did they pull, pull Charles Brown? Yeah. Wait, who the hell's that? Wait a minute. Is that Zach Streif? Wait, they moved Zach Streif? So, 
it just it that I mean it was a, it was a shock to me. I mean I knew Charles Brown was iffy, and I knew he was getting lit up like a Christmas tree. Tis the season, but uh, yeah, I was stunned, and and the fact that they're going with uh, the fact they're going with a guy that I haven't heard of, but can only surmise that he's a tough guy simply because of his name, because Lord knows he had to have gotten shit over his name. Uh, growing up and had to beat people up over it. So, uh, I hope I hope he's ready for uh, to get tossed into the uh, the deep end of the wave pool. Uh, Andrew, you break down draft film a little, and you watch the preseason closely. Um, I saw a note that you said he was terrible in the preseason. What's your thoughts on Armstead playing left tackle? Yeah, I mean. I remember when Jason Smith was still on the team and the Saints were, you know, kind of progressing through who was going to be the left tackle because at that point, Charles Brown wasn't being handed the job. There was a competition. And early on, um, it was Charles Brown, you know, was kind of playing with the ones. Um, Jason Smith with the twos and Armstead with the threes. Then Armstead leapfrog Smith. And then Smith got so bad, he got moved to right tackle, and they started practicing Bryce Harris at left tackle. And then Bryce Harris then leapfrogged Armstead. Um, so my, I guess my biggest surprise is that I thought Bryce Harris was the next tackle in the pecking order. And I thought he could play left tackle in a pinch. Um, and I remember in preseason Sean Payton saying that it was his natural position and that maybe he would be better over there. Um, and Bryce Harris played very well. Um, I remember PPFF, and I mean, you know, I, PPF, I mean, you know, we can talk about how it's, it's certainly not the Bible and way too many people are leaning on that these days. But um, but Harris graded very highly um, in their grading of individual players in preseason, and Armstead did not. Um, but anyway, by the end of preseason, he was number three. Um, and of course, Jason Smith got cut. But um, for me, you know, 15 weeks later, um, it's a little hard for me to believe that this guy's ready to come in on the road against a 10 and four team and hold his own against Greg Hardy, who has eight sacks and, and Charles Johnson, who has nine sacks. I mean, you're telling me he's ready on the biggest stage with the highest stakes to play a defense that good, a top two defense in the NFL um, with the second seed hanging in the balance. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm nervous. I mean, I don't know how he's going to play. And, and for those of you that say it can't be any worse than Charles Brown. Oh, it can. It can. It, it can. It really it can. It can be a lot worse. I, I mean, it won't be a lot worse. I'm, I'm hoping that they're going to run a lot of tackle eligible stuff, uh, you know, bringing a lot of tight end, <laughs> bringing in help from tight ends and that kind of stuff. I mean, I've, I've got to think that uh, that they're going to do that. And you just got to give Drew time. If Drew has time, you know, it, I think it's a completely different offense. Uh, yeah. But if he's pressured, if people are in his face, if he doesn't have time, then they just can't they can't do what they do so well. And uh, so, I mean, that's and that's why this whole thing is so important. Yeah, I mean, it it, it like you said, Andrew, it, it's just it was it wasn't so much stunning that they made the move for, you know, because they benched Charles Brown. They sh- and, they, and not only did they bench him, they shuffled it all around in sort of a desperate, desperate move against St. Louis to, to keep Breeze upright. <laughs> but it was stunning. I mean. They must. They have to see something in practice. I believe it. Just it. It just. 
it was it was more I so. I sure hope so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was Kevin. You've got to you've got to think that you've got to think that from the point that Andrew was just talking about during the preseason and now that that Armstead has you know caught up to the pace of the game and gotten up to speed and learned a lot of things. I mean, we're obviously we're all fucking banking on that. And if that's not the case, then there's going to be some big trouble in Little China. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, he was drafted, had incredible measurables, uh, the fastest offensive lineman at the combine in, in history. So, he, I mean, he had some great measurements. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, and, and kind of the, the the book on him from the scouts, from, from, the, from the legits, if you will, uh, was that it was going to take him a redshirt season to kind of get ready and acclimated for football. And he was going to need a year in the weight room to really get the strength to survive NFL games. And I think we all kind of assumed like this guy's not going to play much in year one, you know? And, and, uh, but look, one thing that's very clear at this point, based on the way Charles Brown has played, he, he's in a contract year. He, he's not the left tackle. He's not getting a contract, at least not anything big. He's not getting starters money. He's not the starting left tackle for the Saints in 2014. Um, and I think the Saints hope that Armstead can be or will be. And so, um, I think this is accelerating his uh, his learning curve and his opportunity a little bit. I, I was kind of assuming in training camp that he would maybe grow into that position next year as the starter. But, um, I mean, this is definitely throwing him at the wolves, throwing him in the fire. Uh, like Kevin said, the deep end of the wave pool. Yeah, I mean – and we'll get we'll get to the specifics of the Carolina game and break it down and all that stuff in just a little later. But Kevin, I want you as they they cut Garrett Hartley and look, it it, it he elicited so much reaction on Twitter, either positive or negative. I mean, there were people that were, were ready to kick him to the curb starting in, in, in 2010 when he missed against Atlanta in overtime. So I feel like the Saints gave him every opportunity to keep stay on the team and and the super bowl kick kicks and the nfc championship kick actually bought him more time than maybe he even deserved but i love the guy he did Uh, he did hit two game winners this year yeah so kevin i guess my sense is before we get to garrett hartley's legacy do you how do you feel better about shane graham lining up for a 38 yard game winner against the panthers than you would have if garrett hartley would have lined would have lined up for it sunday um 
yeah, I guess the yeah, well, yeah, the answer the answer is yes because I wouldn't be tweeting. Oh God, Shane Graham's lining up for thirty-eight. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't tweet that. Whereas, you know, if that's the first, if that's the first shit, if that's the first kick of the game, or if that's for the game winner, even if it's a thirty-eight yarder, I, you know, we'd all be tweeting, you know, like, oh my God, edge of our seats, or you know, squeaky bum time, or some, or some, some sort of euphemism for for we're nervous as hell that Garrett Hartley's lining up for this kick. Whereas, because it's Shane Graham and the guy's got, you know. The guy's got a pretty good track record and, you know, hey, we're going to give this guy some time. But I tell you what, if he misses, if he misses the first two kicks, uh, the fucking sky is going to be falling. Yes. So basically, Kevin Held loves Shane Graham because Twitter. I'm, no, no, no. Wait a minute. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, look. <laughs> He's kind of got a point. Listen, th- th- listen. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'll, I'll, all I, say, look, I mean, look. Shane Shane Graham has the benefit of starting with a clean slate, so he hasn't done anything to piss off Saints fans. So until he misses a field goal, he'll be, uh, you know, good in, in in the eyes of of Saints fans. I mean, I, I personally, I don't know shit about Shane Graham, so I couldn't tell you whether I trust him or not. Yeah, I mean the one thing the one thing with Hartley is Hartley always had 2000. You could always be like, well, he did. We did have 2009. Shane Graham, he doesn't have any legacy at all. If he starts missing kicks, if if he misses a 38 yard kick, I don't care if they cut him. Go. I don't care if he gets a plane ticket home. I mean, they could bring in. You know, it really is time for Jose Maltos for the comedy aspect <laughs> of this podcast, right? Um, you know, and but my wife made a made a very uh. A derogatory point. I asked her, you know, Carlos Santos for Tulane if they drafted yeah, him. Yeah, baby. She said he does not count. Only Why? Because tr- oh, he's not true Mexican. He's Brazilian, what? right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Brazilian. What's the what? He's, he's Hispanic. Not the same. That's Latino. what I learned. That's what I learned marrying the Mexican. Yeah. She, he, <laughs> they, they speak Portuguese over there. They, they, oh, they, yeah, you're right. The media, the media likes to lump it all together and say Hispanics, but the Cubans hate the Mexicans, and the Mexicans hate the Spanish, and the Spanish hates everybody. They don't get along at all. Yeah, Brazilians speak Portuguese, yeah. man. That ain't, that ain't Latino. No, it's well, not. Well, anyway, I, I'm, definitely, uh, I, I'm definitely hoping that, uh, Santos? that they go after Santos. Yeah, I mean, and obviously not, a, not in the draft. Not in the draft. Speaking well, maybe of- in the draft, actually. If he's the best kicker available, somebody's going to draft him. Speaking of, he kind of had a bad year, though. Yeah. Uh, no, he just his his streak ended uh, <sighs> because he had a field goal blocked, like to win the game, and it was blocked, and it really wasn't his fault. Uh, but no, he's had. But he's, he's missed. Been, a, yeah, I mean, he hasn't been. I mean, he's missed a few this year. Yeah, he hasn't been perfect. Like last year, yeah. he was perfect, and he won yeah. the Luke Rosa Award last year. But right. uh, but his dad did die this year, so that's, oh right, right. That sort of could be uh, yeah. you know a problem. I like to show off my Tulane knowledge and uh, <laughs> and remind everyone that his back Santos's backup kicker has the last name Broccoli. <laughs> yes, he does. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Dave. Let's give give us the quick sixty second preview for Tulane's bowl game. <laughs> I don't know. I think. Uh, I mean, I think that this that Tulane is favored by a point currently. That could still change. Before yeah, because the game. quarterback for ULL isn't going to play. Yeah. Don't you mean? Don't you mean Tulane? 
the line. <laughs> so uh, I'm a little bit more optimistic about this game, but uh, it's going to be close for sure. It could go either way. And uh, hopefully there'll be lots of Green Wave fans out there representing because I think ULL has like at least 30,000 people coming. So I really yeah. I really don't want them to have the home field advantage they said in our, they, our stadium. They, they said they sold 53,000 tickets for the New Orleans Bowl, which... When you think about when wow. they first started the New Orleans, New Orleans Bowl, that's kind of insane. Um, but well, I mean, it's, it helps that they have two local teams, I think. so. Yeah, I mean, um, we talked about Garrett Hartley, you know, if we feel better or worse about him. But, I mean, overall, like, what, what sort of his – what what's sort of his legacy going to be for the Saints in three, four, five years? And, Andrew, I'll start with you. Uh, well, I think he's a much maligned guy um, that, that, I mean, really has had ups and downs throughout his career. Um, and I, I really view him as very similar to Tracy Porter. Uh, you know, Tracy Porter has been injured his entire career, up and down. I mean, had an absolutely miserable 2010 season with the Saints. Um, and I, I kind of view those two the same way. They, they shined in both games in the big moments. I mean, the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl, both of those guys um, just had critical plays uh, in both games that helped the Saints hoist the trophy. And that was on the biggest stage and the biggest moments. And um, I feel like because of that, they're in the fabric of the Saints' history forever. Um, they have cemented their names um, as part of Saints' folklore forever. Um, but um, I think... That came from immense performances on the biggest stage. Um, but uh, that being said, ne- never did they have the talent of a uh, Morton Anderson um, who, who never won a playoff game. Um, never were they on the same level as a um, – I'm trying to think of who the best cornerback in Saints history was. Um, you well, know. That's a tough one. Maybe, yeah. ooh, maybe like Dave Waymer, like know. a Mike McKenzie. Well, Waymer was a safety, wasn't he? He was both. Both, yeah. So maybe like a Mike McKenzie or a Dave Waymer, but, um, but you know, I, I don't think Tracy Porter was ever as good as those guys. But uh, and I think it's kind of the same thing for Hartley. But look, um, we don't win the NFC Championship. We don't win the Super Bowl without those guys. Period. I mean, they <laughs> came up. It, it, it's not pedestrian things we're talking about. We're talking about a game winner from 40 yards. Not every kicker can hit that with that kind of pressure. Not every kicker can make three 40-yard field goals to keep his team within the game when it's outdoors in the Super Bowl. So, um, look, those are big. No, not, not too many corners can intercept Peyton Manning on the game-winning drive and run it back for, for six. So um, we're forever, as Saints fans, we're forever indebted to those guys, and I will never forget what they did for the team. Um, but look, football has a, uh, it's a very much, what have you done for me lately? And, and it's, uh, all these guys have a short shelf life. I mean, one day it'll all be over for breeze, you know, it, it, eventually the clock you runs out. You yeah. I mean, eventually the clock runs out on every single guy. Um, and you know, obviously some guys are going to last longer than others. And Hartley and Porter didn't last as long as you might've thought after, the way 2009 played out, but that's part of the business. Yeah, Kevin, uh, Twitter a couple weeks ago, uh, we had we had a fun time uh, saying that Demp- Tom Dempsey's 63-yard kick was much more impressive than uh, the guy who broke his record in Denver. 
So I feel like the odds that Hartley – he'll live on forever in Saints lore, but I feel like the odds of him getting into the Saints Hall of Fame are better than you think. Am I nuts? No, I don't think so. I don't think you're nuts at all. I, I, I would abs- I'd, I'd take that bet easy. I would definitely say he's going into the Hall of Fame. Garrett Hartley? Um, yeah. Mm, I don't know. I mean, it's the, it's a team's Hall of Fame. It's it like they're not yeah, putting him up in the they're not putting him up in the ring. Uh, I, I know. You know, I I, I can totally see that. And and re- regarding um, if it, just a real quick aside about Tom Dempsey, uh, that uh, I I wanted to make the last time we talked about him, but the opportunity didn't present itself. Yeah, that, that's you know, it's fine that the record is no longer his. It doesn't. Like the fact that he does not sole own sole possession of the record anymore, the fact that he doesn't have the record anymore at all, does not diminish from how badass he he was to have done that. I mean, and and the the funny thing is below sea level, right on grass with a club right. foot, yeah, <laughs> right straight away. And and the the, the great thing about this was that. No, I I didn't. I, the blog I go like the national sports blogs. There were Saints fans were not making these points. Other people were making these points. They were like, wait a minute, didn't the guy, you know, like the sports science thing said that the club foot didn't really help him. Uh, it was all a wash. He was below sea level and he was doing it straight away, and that's harder and all this other kind of shit. So it's like you know we're not trying. It, it doesn't all of a sudden mean, oh, well, we're grading on a curve, so Tom Dempsey still is the greatest. No, the guy kicked it from 64. He's got the record, but it doesn't take away from Tom. It doesn't take away from Tom Dempsey. You look back and you are able to put Tom Dempsey in context and really appreciate what he did. That was until 1987, and maybe up until like 1991. That was the Saints' greatest moment, along with John Gilliam running back the kickoff. To yeah. open the Saints. Oh, without open. question. Oh, you know, and, and it was like ESPN run it every year until, when it was that time. I, I would again. argue that was the best moment until Hakeem dropped the ball. That's a that's that's a strong that's a strong argument. Um now we gotta dive into a little bit of, of the, what's that? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> we've got before we get to questions, which we've got one of my favorite. This the question that I've got in my my timeline is just fantastic. But we'll get to that in a minute. We got to dive into the mess of St. Louis. Uh, oh, we do. Yeah, Wait, we that, do. That didn't Dave, Dave, is there is there is there anything to me? It it played out exactly like all the other road games, besides maybe New England. Is that the Saints fall two scores behind? Their tackles suck. Drew Brees gets bum rushed, turnovers happen, uh, end of story. Is there anything that happened in the St. Louis game that was out of character that you hadn't seen this year that you were like, uh-oh, that's a bad sign. I haven't seen that before. Well, I mean, I, I feel like the offensive line was definitely getting dominated way more than they were ever getting dominated in any of the games prior this season. Except for uh, Seattle. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess so, but I mean, you know, Charles Brown is committing all these penalties because it's either that or get his ass beat and get Drew killed, uh, and otherwise he's just straight up getting blown by. Um, so, I mean, I would say the offensive line play was um, 
was astoundingly bad, more so than any other game. Um, but the rest of it, we've all seen before. I mean, we've seen before. Drew throwing silly passes, um, trying to force it into, t- you know, non-existent lanes or holes. Uh, we've seen that. Uh, defense not uh, getting off the field in time or not being able to force any turnovers. Uh, we've seen that before. No running game. Pfft. Oh, my God, have we seen that before. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's... I would say for, for the most part, it was, I, I wasn't surprised by any of it. I mean, sure, I was upset while I was watching it, you know, ver, a, a very pixelated online stream. Uh, I, you know, I, I was, of course, upset and pissed off. But, you know, at the same time, I just had to sit there and say, yeah, this is about right. I mean, this is about fucking right. I don't know what it is about the Rams. I don't know what it is about Jeff Fisher. Um, well, but, I know what it is about the Rams. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this. Yeah. The Saints match up very poorly against a team that is effective getting to the passer with four down linemen. If yeah. you can get to Breeze with four guys, leaving seven people in coverage, and consistently get to him to force him to get the ball out quickly, um, your defense is going to be very successful. And so you in the Rams, you look at two ends and Chris Long and Robert Quinn that were getting to Breeze at will, rushing four people, uh, the tackles just getting owned over and over again. The Saints running chips, running double teams, and it's still not doing anything to stop those guys. I mean, I don't care who you have as receivers, as quarterback, as runners. That's just a losing recipe. And and so I think, I think when the Saints are facing one good edge rusher where they can kind of focus more attention and leave Streif on an island against a weaker rusher or vice versa, uh, I think they they fare okay. Um, or if a team's going to blitz and leave receivers like Jimmy Graham one-on-one or Sproles one-on-one with the linebacker, then the Saints can expose that. But it's when you can literally get two when, – when the pressure's coming from both edges uh, very quickly, um, you're going to match up well against the Saints. And unfortunately, the Rams are one of those teams that just has two very special pass-rushing ends. Yes, touche. All right, ladies, I'm out of here. Go ahead and make fun of me. Have fun playing pocket pool. Uh, <laughs> All right, Dave. Billiards. <laughs> um, Kevin, I feel like the the thing that surprised me the most about the Rams game, besides the offensive line getting dominated, and this sort of stuck out as I re as when I rewatched it earlier today because I'm a masochist and I did the big the big fat uh, Rob Ryan chart of fun. The Saints actually got destroyed on third on second and third down and long which stuns me so should we be concerned about this secondary still i mean i know they 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 looked they struggled against atlanta a little bit Corey white then you know they kind of got it together against uh carolina but should we be concerned again that hey no jabari greer maybe this this we aren't going to be able to overcome this this the struggles that they're having well, I don't know because it seems like Rob Ryan is man. I mean, he's he's done a great job so far, and the, and the Saints' defense is still what in the top five in defense, and that's despite the god awful Seattle game and despite this awful game, and yes. despite the giant or despite the uh, the Jets game. I mean, yep. they did hold the Rams to three points in the second half. Yeah. yeah. 
You know, and it surprised so, me when I did the chart. Like I said, I mean, they got they got really dominated. I mean, they had their worst they had their worst week ever um, on third down and more than seven, which is stunning. You know, um, they gave up sixty two percent, and that yeah, that was really stunt. That was really. Well, I mean, stunning. part of that honestly was that the Saints decided that they felt confident they could get to Kellen Clemens with four guys so they were only rushing four and Galette and Cam Jordan just didn't show up they didn't get the job done they were blocked well mm-hmm. so you got to give the Rams credit I mean they blocked up front very well against the four-man rush and Kellen Clemens had time and so the theory was we're just going to rush four and drop seven in a coverage because a Rob Ryan is saying I believe my guys can rush four and get to you and b I don't think, even if we can't get to you, I don't think Kellen Clemens is good enough to throw on a seven-man coverage. Um, and so I think the combination of, of doing a very poor job of stop stopping, look, everyone knew, stop Zach Stacy. I mean, that, that was the obvious, how do you beat the Rams? How do you win this game? Defensively, you've got to stop Zach Stacy. I mean, everyone in the building knew that's what the Saints needed to do. They didn't do it. Um, and so that makes the passing offense, mu- their life much easier um, if he's, you know, facing third and threes, third and fours, um, you know, it just makes Kellen Clemens, then they can play action. Um, it, it just makes his life a lot easier. But uh, the bottom line is they were going a lot of zone coverages with seven men and uh, the Rams receivers were finding the soft spots and Clemens was pretty accurate with his with his location. So I mean, he didn't do anything special. He, you know, he didn't light the world on fire, but um, he the ball was coming out and the ball was accurate. So. Um, I think the uh, the game plan that Rob Ryan used uh, in the end was actually a, a poor one. Um, but look, I mean, it was a perfect storm in that game in the first half. It really was. I mean, anything that could go wrong did go wrong for the Saints. Um, they couldn't run the football. They couldn't throw. They, they got no time passing. The Rams ran the ball very effectively. They threw the ball very efficiently. So, I, I mean, all phases of the game, um, it was it was just a perfect storm. And some games you're going to have that. Yeah, I mean, Kevin, you were you, you were there. Um, Sorry, dude. Never go to another Saints game. By on the a sc- on a scale yeah. on a scale of the Super Bowl being uh, maybe the greatest Saints game to attend, and I don't know what would be the worst. On your personal scale, where did this rank of shittiness? Uh, definitely toward the latter. Uh, I I don't know <laughs> if I would call it the worst. Um, I think may. For me, maybe the worst game that I ever attended in person was probably the game where the Denver Broncos were just whooping the shit out of the Saints in the dome where Aaron, where Aaron Brooks had made a fucking backwards pass. Oh, yeah, that was the game where Denver, their first two plays, they went like 55 yards off tackle for a touchdown and like 60 yards off tackle for a touchdown. Right? And they managed to keep the Saints from getting a first down for such a long stretch that when the Saints finally got a first down, the the half the crowd that was still left in it left in the crowd, half the crowd that was left just went into an uproar, like a, a, a loud cheer, like they just qualified for the playoffs just by getting a first down. Was that, the, uh, so that was, was that the game where Aaron Brooks ended up with like over 400 yards passing because they just like got yeah. on a garbage stats yeah. late, and Torrance Small had like 200 yards receiving? Uh, I don't know. No, I, that you're think you're 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 merging like 
an Aaron Brooks game and like a Jim Everett game. But they were both against the Broncos, I think. Yeah, they were. Okay, okay. Yeah, Tom, I'll, 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 find that game. I'll find that game. Uh, let's see. It might have been 2004, 34-13. Uh, box score. Yeah, it's in the Dome. What are we looking at here? Yeah, Ruben Drones, 51-yard rush. <laughs> Ashley Lalee, 37-yard touchdown pass from Jake Plummer. Uh, yeah, Aaron Brooks went 34 of 60 for 377 yards. Oh, one he had touch- 100 yards rushing too, right? One touchdown, three interceptions. Uh, let's see, rushing, rushing. No, he had he had Dick rushing. Oh, hmm. He had no rushing. He had seven yards rushing. No, Aaron Brooks. Th- Aaron Brooks after his first year didn't run the ball anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, it sounds Saints- awful. So, what was the oh, final score? Uh, I think it was what was it, thirty-four to thirteen. Oh, okay. Um. But uh, but yeah, I would say toward the lower end and. Uh, the fact that I had a, a, a lady with me just really didn't make things as enjoyable. Like, and, and I, I don't mean that in that the fact that there, a lady was there meant it was bad. Just, I felt bad bringing a lady who admittedly was like, yeah, I'm not that big in a football and was like, no, 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 this is the saints. This is going to be fun. And that happened. And then. Then before the game, she had to give up her purse because of the NFL's draconian policies. So she had to check her bag, which she wasn't happy about. Then we had to walk half a mile back to my car. And it was had to be, I don't know, in the high 20s by the time uh, the game let out because it was already dark. So, so Kevin, fun- Kevin, play play this out for me. Are you like sad, depressed, Kevin? Like no fun to be around during this game for this girl, or are you screaming at the top of your lungs at Drew Brees after that throw to Graham? Like, what are you doing? And are you kind of creeping her out and scaring her? Uh, more of the sad, depressed. My f- face is down because I'm, you know, trying to, you know, tweeting every now and then, and then I just stop <laughs> tweeting. I stop tweeting. Uh, in the second half and was just like staring like I, I I don't know like I was just watching somebody like I was watching a human being take a shit on my lawn did the Saints losing cost you sexual relations because you were uh, so down no, and couldn't do the math no no the, it, it, no it the, the, it didn't that didn't cost me anything but and nothing happened anyway uh so because that yeah, would have been a tragedy. It yes, me, yes, it would have. It cost yes, me Ralph, money. Ralph, it cost me not, like $200. We're not supposed to talk about that, man. I know. But but it's the podcast. We, we, if, we can talk about, if we can talk about me sending romantic yeah, tweets to you, yeah, but we can Ke- talk about Kevin, Kevin is, not having sex. Because yeah, but Kevin is, is having uh, you know le- legal matters. Eh. We're big. We're, we're one big happy family on the <laughs> internet, right, kids? Kevin, l- l- let's just sure. air your public dirty laundry now. Should we do that? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? What, 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 why not? <laughs> All right. Moving along. Thank, thank you. Thank you, André Juget, for uh, helping me move that along. <laughs> move that along. Uh, uh, Kevin, Kevin. Kevin, I know you have uh, the, uh, the, the problem with, uh, you know, the, uh, the legal matter that we cannot uh, talk about. So very, very sorry. 
Wee wee. Kevin, how how concerned should we be that be that the Saints are in like a full scale meltdown if they lose to Carolina and they won't make the playoffs at all? Oh, for Christ's sake! They it, they're not <laughs> not gonna make the playoffs. Playoffs? They? I mean, look, they've got ten wins. They've got ten wins this year. They've already got ten wins. I'm looking at the standings right now. Right now, they are current. They are still leading the South. They're still leading the South. The only team in the NFC that has clinched a playoff win, that has clinched the playoffs, is Seattle. If New Orleans wins, they've automatically clinched the second seed. If they lose, okay, then Carolina's in the catbird seat, and then they have to beat Tampa and hope Carolina loses to get the two seed. But again, there are only. Two other teams that have 10 wins right now. Nobody else has nine. Actually, no. Arizona has nine. Chicago has eight. And Philadelphia has eight. So they're not going to get – Dallas won't catch them. Green Bay won't catch them. Detroit won't catch them. Even if Chicago does catch them, the Saints will have the tiebreaker over them. Well, there, there actually is one way they can't make it. I've already done all the, the math. Okay, the, the, okay, good. Then, then you explain this because obviously so, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So if they they have to lose out, obviously, and Arizona has to win out, and San Francisco has to win one game. If all of those things happen, then the Saints would not make the playoffs. But don't Arizona and San Francisco play each other? Right. So. Arizona would have to win that game, and then San Francisco's other game is against the Falcons. So they would, ah. so San Francisco would have to beat the Falcons and then lose to Arizona. Okay. And Arizona would also have to beat Seattle, correct? Look, I mean, regardless yeah. of what happens not- Sunday, regardless of what happens Sunday, I would be floored if the Saints came back and lost to the Bucks at home. I just don't, I just yeah. don't see that happening. I, I would, I would, I mean, that that would be a shocker. Hmm. All right, now let's get to Twitter questions since Dave bailed on us. Um, this, this might be one of my favorite Twitter questions in the last month, um, and it's for you. Bigger meltdown, Kevin after the Rams loss or Juge if Murph goes after Peyton one more time? Oh, Jesus. I'm going to say Juge. I am too. Please, Merv, if you download this podcast, if you ever do one thing for me, just come up with a – I don't even know the troll column you could come up with because you, you're, you're, you're just troll gold when it comes to the Saints. But if you could come up with it. He might be he might be more troll than Jeff Duncan. He is. Oh, he is. I mean, at this point, he, he's used the – Rob Ryan is misusing Kenny Vaccaro card. Which I was like, holy shit, that is the most misinformed thing I've ever heard. <laughs> then, then when I don't think he could possibly top that, he throws out the Sean Payton should give up play calling. So I'm like thinking, holy, <laughs> holy shit, he's actually topped himself. Um, but the so, thing, you no, know, Andrew, you got to go into that because, and I can't believe we're talking about this, but anyway, the thing is, he didn't just say like, oh, Sean Payton needs to give up the play calling to Carmichael. He's like, no, no, they need to get Kyle Shanahan from the Redskins. Can you imagine that? Yeah, yeah. I can. I just ate a bullet. 
Yeah, I mean that was so that was so preposterous. Uh, serious. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. I mean, after the second one, it's like this has gotten so preposterous. Like he can't actually genuinely believe what he's writing. Um, did but, he have a slideshow of ten reasons why? Yeah, I mean, no, I don't think he did the slideshows. So I think he kind of blew it in that regard. I mean, he didn't follow the VR model, but uh, you know. The only thing I can think of at this point that he could do that would set me off it would be to say like Jimmy Graham should should get tendered the minimum or something you know like the Saints should offer him like nine hundred thousand dollars and no more for one year you know I mean that that's pretty much the only thing he could say at this point uh, that I think would top. he's gonna find something new yeah yeah no. <laughs> he I mean I, just when I think it can't get any worse it does so I'm sure he'll surprise me again. All right, this one is from uh, the Angry Hoodat. Uh, would like to hear a debate. Assume there is another surprise cut before playoffs. Who is it? I expect yelling. <laughs> I don't know. Who? Who is? I don't well, they know. got rid of I mean, Josh Hill. That's stunning. They can't run third. You know, now they can't run the tight end reverse. What do you mean they got rid of Josh Hill? That's what I'm seeing on the. Uh, that's what I'm seeing on my Twitter feed. Oh, he just got cut. I'll, I'll take a look. He may have. Are you sure that's not? Are you sure that's not a darn Schefter? <laughs> Who fucking fooled me and made me look like an asshole? Yeah, he might have. Let me. Uh, I think we all got a darned at some point. Yeah, we do. I got Colt. They got. He got me with Colston. Um. I don't know. My internet's really slow. Uh, and as I know, the the the, the Twitter never lies. But uh, no. But go a surprise cut, Andrew. Uh, as I look to see if Josh Hill got cut. Surprise cut that you Joshua Hill got cut though, man. I, I um, I mean, you mean so in the next two weeks? Yeah, like is there a surprise? Uh, um, I mean, if I had to pick one guy, I would guess. I mean, they've got so many safeties. They they've got. I mean, I would say. Did we lose Andrew? Yeah, I don't know. It might be. Yeah, we might have. We might. He was saying something about safeties. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a surprise cut, Dominic. Um, but she, she, I said it before, and I was only half joking, Kevin. Shane Graham has no leash. Like if he struggles, he's out the door Monday. Oh yeah, like I'm so sure, they like, could like, start like, going goes- through. They could start going through kickers like Pez. Right. I mean, if he goes one for three, cut him. Cut him. Yeah. Get Maltos in. <laughs> Get Maltos. I want my. I want Maltos to be the kicker so so bad. Um, you have no idea. Um, you know, Andrew, are you back? Yeah. We're, yeah you were you were talking about surprise cuts that they have like a hundred safeties on the roster. Yeah. So I was just saying Jenkins and or Roman Harper. I would say one of those two. Yeah. I I I mean I I I don't see any more necessarily surprise cuts except like me and Kevin just commented when you dropped out about they could start going through kickers like Pez um because you know they <laughs> they just I mean that the kickers have no have no have no pull I mean uh you know so I mean I, I think I think they're done with that but but you never you never know. I mean, they could they could start McCown in a playoff game. I guess uh, I guess angry who that. You never know. Um, let's look. It, uh, this is a good question for you, Andrew. Andy Tanner. Uh, 
Is he the Saints' secret weapon that they're holding back for the playoffs? Negative Ghost Rider. That's I mean, from, uh, that's negative from okay, Ghost Rider. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, well, I know. Okay, awesome. He's actually a hilarious follow, and I recommend him. But uh, so I know he, I know that's in jest. But um, you know, the thing about Andy Tanner, I mean, as bad as Nick Toon and Lance Moore and Robert Meacham have all been this year, um, he would have played by now if they felt like they had something in him. So. Um, I, I think this this season is really the final indictment of Andy Tanner because it, I feel like in years past the receiver play has been so good that and you know there haven't been enough injuries that he never got a chance. Uh, this year Colston got hurt, so there's been a little you know Lance Moore got hurt, so there's been some injuries. Um, there's been poor play, and he still hasn't seen the field. So I think the writing's on the wall for him. Yeah, all right, Kevin, this is a good question for you. Uh, and this one is from Ryan Berger. Uh, if Brown is like Charlie Brown from Peanuts because they both suck at football, what other Saints are Peanut characters? <laughs> huh, okay, uh, let's see. Who the hell uh, – what, what, what guy on the Saints would you say nobody wants to sit by? Garrett Hartley. <laughs> Uh, well, I was going to say, yeah, okay, Garrett, okay, so then that makes Garrett Hardly either Pigpen or Franklin, because if you've seen the famous, uh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, uh, special, they fucking stick poor Franklin on one side of the table, and everybody else is seated across from him, and it's a little bit too, too, uh, too glaring if you if if you catch my drift if you know what you're looking at. Yeah. Hey Ralph, can you play Linus and Lucy while Kevin gives this answer? <laughs> Maybe it depends how lazy I am when we're done with this. Um, let's see, Linus, somebody who needs a security blanket. Who needs a security blanket on the team? Uh. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll say I'll say Mark Ingram. Uh, is Linus. Because he needs the O-line to fucking create gaps. Yeah, that ain't uh, happening. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Who else we got? We got Peppermint Patty and uh, – oh, who's the one that says sir all the time? Marcy. Marcy. Peppermint Patty and Marcy. So two people that I think would be really good friends and borderline a little too close. Sean Payton, Drew Brees. That's good. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll go with that. Fuck it. Uh, Schroeder. <laughs> Schroeder. Who would be Schroeder? Uh, Lance Moore would have to be Schroeder. Yeah. Um, who's the blonde girl? Who's Charlie Brown's sister? Sally? No. Sally. There we go. Yeah. Um, Sally. Who's, who's young? Like, who's like, it's got to be somebody who's young. And oh, Kenny Vaccaro. Uh, <laughs> no, Ken man, come on. Kenny still dresses in pumps. It, oh, that makes even more sense. That makes even more sense because Kenny Vaccaro, Sally flies off the handle from time to time. So I got to go Vaccaro because Vaccaro does those crazy ass things that you're like, oh, shit, he's going to get penalized 20 yards and ejected. <laughs> uh, so we got that. And who else can I say? Who else we got? 
That's I can't think of anybody. I got I got a great uh, I got a great question for you, Andrew, from the yeah. boat lawyer. Lay it on me. With the game on the line, uh, would you rather have Shanley on a tight end or Hartley <laughs> kicking a thirty-six yard field goal? <laughs> In two thousand nine, I'm assuming. No, right now. Oh, right now. Uh, so Shanley, who's been out of football? Oh, uh, I'm going to go with Shanley on a tight end because uh, with Hartley, you know, there's a couple factors, at least with Shanley. The throw has to be good. The tight end actually has to secure the football with the catch. He then has to run properly and not trip over his own shoes. Um, so I feel like there's there's a, a few things, even with piss poor coverage. That you, you For example, the Frank Gore drop in the 49ers game where he was wide open and would have scored. Um, you know, you, you can hope for something like that uh, with Garrett Hartley. I mean, it's, I think at this point it's a given he's missing that kick. So I'll pick, I'll pick Shanley. Kevin. I'll go with Shanley. I'll go Hartley. <laughs> I'll go Hartley. Hey, I just want to say real quick. I mean, we, we've kind of touched on this, but for me, what's mind blowing about these moves, you know, going quickly back to the Armstead and, and the Hartley thing is we're sitting here week 16, the saints are 10 and four. I mean, these are the kind of moves you make when your team's four and four and, and you're looking to yeah. shake things up or you're, you're two and five and yeah, absolutely for a run um, to be 16 week, 16 of the season, you're 10 and four, you're in first place and you haven't figured out, your team's identity with two games left in the season um, that, I mean, that that's a, these are, these aren't strategic moves. These are desperate moves. Um, and, you know, Sean Payton likes to be aggressive and I applaud him for pulling, pulling, make, making the switch when he felt like it was necessary. But, um, but man, I mean that to bring Shane Graham and to bring Teron Armstead in under this kind of pressure with, with this much at stake, this much on the line, um, well, I mean, we'll see how it goes and certainly there'll be plenty of off season to judge these moves uh, once we have the information on how it goes. But, um, th- this, this, this feels desperate to me. Yeah. I mean, it, it does feel it, 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 Kevin, can it be both desperate and aggressive? Mm. Can it be desperate and aggressive? Yes, I'm going to say yes. My dog is telling me yes. He's on the couch looking at me a certain way that just says yes. So, yeah. I mean, there it's 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 an aggressive move, but there are hints of desperation, kind of like and if the foodie if, you know, foodie Dave was still on the line, you could make the analysis that you know, it's it's like a dish from uh Commanders. There it's there could be an overwhelming uh taste of this it could be some it could be sort of like a chicken dish or whatever where yeah you taste the chicken but then you get hints of paprika or some shit like that you know whatever (laughs) so in this case it's oh this is this move tastes of aggression oh but there is a there's a hint of there's a hint of desperation with with parsley and garlic in there somewhere and you had to put nutmeg in that yes but no, I, I mean, so I, I look at the two moves and I feel, 
I mean, if you were to ask me who I have more confidence in between Armstead at left tackle and Shane Graham as a kicker, I think you look at Shane Graham, at least he's experienced. At least he has the, uh, he's been in the NFL. He's done it before. He was 31 of 38 a year ago kicking. So you would think like, okay, you feel a little bit better about Graham than a rookie who's never played a snap um, on the offensive line in a live NFL game, um, at least a regular season game. But on the flip side, you're also like, okay, Graham hasn't kicked in a year. He's been out of football for a year. This, other than one tryout where they basically watched him kick a month ago, they have no idea what kind of shape this guy's in, how he's how he's practiced, how he's looked. So, I mean, that's a pretty big gamble. You just have no idea how this guy's been kicking. He has been out of football for a year. At least with Armstead, you can feel like he's been at practice every week. They've been gauging how much stronger he's getting, and – at least that Sean Payton knows how, how he's progressing in practice. So there, there's kind of like Graham has the edge with the experience, but the unknown factor of he hasn't been around the facility. And on the flip side, Armstead's been around the facility, but he has no experience. So, um, I mean, with, with both, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty nervous. Yeah. Uh, last question before we get to the um... – Carolina game predictions, and this this is a great question because it, it it's it allows me to to throw in a story from my uh, trip to Vegas this weekend. Uh, the cow watching the Cowboys melt down in the Planet Hollywood Sportsbook was just delightful. Uh, even though the Saints were getting pounded at three o'clock, to watch Dallas melt down it was delightful. And this is how funny it got for Dallas because you know Dallas is America's team, but. Uh, and all that bullshit. But they had a Dallas woman fan in a Troy Aikman jersey, and they had a Dallas fan in a Tony Romo jersey, and those two bitches nearly came to blows, <laughs> arguing about the Cowboys. They argued for a good 10 minutes, Kevin, and not once did, oh, Monty Kiffin's defense is getting turned to dust by Matt Flynn come up in the conversation. So that segues me to Reed Branson's question for you, Kevin. Was the Cowboys' meltdown divine intervention to alleviate some of the sting of the Rams lost or just happy coincidence? And a second question that I'm going to add, Kevin, how bad do you want the Dallas Cowboys 2013 defense to become the worst of all time? Uh, to steal a – I'll answer the last question first and to steal a quote from Brick Tamlin – more than anything in the world, Ron. <laughs> um, yes. There's some product placement in there for you, too. So maybe maybe they ought to send us some fucking... Oh, uh, they ought to. I need well a played. Uh, to anchor Well man. played. Thank you. Um, and then to answer Reed's question, uh, I'm just going to say a nice, happy coincidence. I'm all about serendipity. Uh, I, I think the sports... Go- the, the football gods, as it were, or the sports gods, I don't think they... Uh, they're they're fickle mistresses. That I, I I don't think they they work like that. So I'll just go serendipity. Andrew. Yeah. No. I mean, it's interesting with the Cowboys. I mean, if you look at his. I mean, for me as a fan growing up, I was born in 1980. I'm 33. Uh, the Falcons are my most hated rival. Uh, but but look, Tampa and Carolina. 
don't have anything on Dallas. I mean, growing up in Ralph and Kevin, I know you guys know this. A lot of people in New Orleans and Baton Rouge and certainly in North Louisiana were Cowboys fans because with Aikman and Irvin and Emmett Smith, they were winning Super Bowls. And so they didn't pull for the local team a lot. I mean, I'm not going to say the majority, but a, a healthy percentage of people from Louisiana were Cowboys fans when I was a kid growing up. Um, and that made me very bitter and angry towards them. So um, I, I, I mean, I hate the, the Falcons more than anything, but uh, the Cowboys are right behind. And I know a lot of Saints fans that are my age or older feel kind of the same way. So, um, yeah, I mean, certainly you, you, you need to pick me up after something like that. And uh, the, the Dallas meltdown, which is becoming a, uh, a yearly tradition, it seems like, in December now, um, it, it definitely felt good. Um, yeah, but, they are uh, they are the 2012 Saints. They, they are their Green Bay game was the Saints Kansas City game. They, Look, I, I don't. I, as far as the record, I don't care who breaks it. I just want it broken. I don't <laughs> want to be the worst defense of all time. So I don't really care if it's the Cowboys. I don't care if it's the Tennessee Titans. I I just want it to happen. So um, I, I want that record broken. But um, there was a great tweet that I saw. Um, I don't know if any of you follow the Shooter McGavin. Uh, account. Um, I think I might have at one point. It's, I mean, it's, it's pretty good. It's entertaining, but he, he tweeted that, uh, that the Dallas Cowboys had just struck a deal that all of their December games were now going to be shown. The TV rights were bought by comedy central. <laughs> I, oh yeah. You retweeted that. I like I that. that was I, good. I thought that was solid. Um, all right. Now we got to get to this. Thanks for the questions, everyone. As as always, now we got to get to the Carolina game. Uh, Andrew, the only thing that gives me a little bit of hope is I know for a fact that the Carolina secondary cannot cover the Saints receivers and running backs if they give Drew Brees time. So there's always that. And Drew Brees could muster up a great performance on the road. But I just – I'm having a hard time believing that this line with a rookie left tackle can get it together. If if I told you besides protecting Drew Brees, what do the Saints have to do in the game to win? And I'm not talking about don't commit turnovers and penalties. What specific sort of football film-watching thing do they have to do to be able to win the game or at least hell be competitive in the fourth quarter. Well, it's it's obvious. It's got, it's got to be stopping the run. I mean, it just this team has consistently this season been horrible at stopping the run. I mean, this team cannot stop the run. Um, and if you look at the statistics, yards per carry, they're either thirty first or thirty second every week. Um, so um, you know, we saw it against Zach Stacy. Chris Ivory was another example. When running backs start to pile up yards and they can't do anything to stop them, then the defense is in trouble because they can't do what they do best. We know that if teams get in obvious pass rush, passing situations, the Saints can rush the passer. That is, that, that is what this defense can do. Uh, we know they can cover pretty good because if, if the pass rush is decent. So that is all set up by stopping the run and and the saints are miserable at it. So I don't expect them. I don't expect D'Angelo Williams to have 25 carries for 48 yards. I mean, that that's just not going to happen, but 
he can't go nuts. He can't have a game like Zach Stacy had. He can't break those 50 yard runs like Steven Jackson did the second time around, like Chris Ivory did almost at will. I mean, they have got to control him. They have got to at least hold him to kind of like a 17 carry for 82 yard type of game where they can get in some obvious passing situations. And if they can do that, I think they'll be okay. But, um, you know, the run defense, especially against a team like Carolina that's run heavy, um, that that is the key component. They did it pretty well in the Superdome when they played them two weeks ago. So um, winning and losing, I think, in, in this matchup, is all tied to how effective the Saints are at stopping the run. Kevin, we joked um, last year a little bit about the, I think you even might have coined the phrase, the full Greg Williams, where you just blitz everybody, fans, mascots, Sir Saint, um, kitchen sink, everything. You just, that's what you do. And you call the fetch it, monster? I, the fetch monster, too. And I think Kevin even coined it the full Greg Williams. I have a theory that Ron Rivera is going to go full Greg Williams on the Saints early in the hopes of replicating exactly what the Rams did. Um, is that a good guess on my part? And, yes. And also, and then give me your prediction and your BFF for the... Uh, uh, oh, the- yeah. I, I mean, he, he's got to... He, Riverboat Ron has got to go... The He's, he's got to go full Monty on it because that's the thing. You disrupt the Saints offense. You get a couple of quick three and outs. You put a score up. And you try and uh, grind them with the with the run game. I mean, that's how you do it. You 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 try and win the first half. I, 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 and that's yeah. I mean, that's what I shoot for. Mm-hmm. Uh, score of the game. I'm gonna say this one's ugly as hell. Uh, I'm gonna say 23, 23, 20. Saints. Ooh. Picking the Saints, I thought you were going to go a different way. No, I. Hey, hey, look, man. Sometimes the heart, sometimes the heart speaks louder than the head. Yep. All right. So who's the BFF then? If it's twenty three twenty. Shane Graham. Oh my <laughs> God. Yeah. Yes. I mean, how do you think they get twenty three, man? That's you, that's. You set this up perfectly for me, Kevin. All right. Twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty. Shane Graham. Uh, Shane Graham does it. Andrew, go ahead. Your pick and your BFF. Uh, well, I think I refuse to subscribe again. Like Kevin, I'm you know the the heart thinks more than the head in situations like this. I I'm too invested emotionally to think rationally. I refuse to believe that the results in a certain game are tied to another. Um, the Saints have struggled on the road. There's no question about it. Um, but every game is different and every story, every game is its own story and develops in a different way. The saints have played very well against Carolina this year already once. And I think the matchups that you look at, um, and you mentioned this, the Carolina doesn't do a great job of covering now Saint now Sean Payton said this week that they were going to simplify things. And when I hear simplify, I, I view this as less mass substitutions, less razzle dazzle, more straight ahead football and, um, and hurry up, maybe hurry up offense, maybe Maybe hurry up. But, but so I don't think what you'll see is these packages where Ben Watson and Robert Meacham come in for Colston and Moore. Um, I think it's going to be very much, 
you know, Moore and, and, and Colston, you're, you're our two guys and we're not substituting in and out. Like you're, you're going to stay in the game and Pierre Thomas, you're our running back and we're sticking with you. And there's going to be less of this craziness and stuff that all these players have to remember. And it's just going to be, here are the plays we're going to put our best players out there and you go execute them. And as much as Marcus Colston um, had success against Carolina two weeks ago. I think he will. He's going to have a huge game. So I want to pick Mark, Marcus Colston because I think that's the rational pick. But I'm not being rational about this. So my pick is going to be Teron Armstead, who comes in at left tackle in his first start and shocks us all with an unbelievable performance. Saints 31, Carolina 17. Oh my God! You dump keep... truck, <laughs> dump truck, dude. I hope that I can just run this intro to to do the podcast next week. Uh, but you both of you people are high. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, shit. The Saints have shown us nothing on the road to show that they are capable of doing this this year. They have Chicago. Chicago's defense is horrible. Patriots. The the, the Patriot defense is horrible. This game is 31 to 20 Carolina and it is going to be just ugly and pitiful and it is not going to be a happy week for the Saints. I just I don't see I don't see how they I don't see how they go to Carolina and win because I don't think they can keep Drew Brees upright to let him have a masterful performance and if I'm wrong we'll run this tape and both of you can mock me. Uh, so who's your B non BFF? I guess who's the goat? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the goat is gonna be um, Ingram because he'll fumble early in the game. Oh and God! It, and it'll just be a title. It'll just be a title wave of shit from there. Um, <laughs> All right. So so uh, how many? So second question. Or uh, this is three questions. First, how many kicks does Graham miss? Second, how many sacks does Armstead give up? Third, how many penalties does Armstead have? Armstead only gives up one sack, but he's going to have a triple play of penalties. He's going to have a false start, illegal hands to the face, and a holding call. And uh, they'll have a turn. They'll have a couple turnovers. And Graham is going to miss a point blank kick early, and he will not be the kicker. He will not be the Saints kicker next week. Damn, you're going gangbusters, doom you're and gloom. You're going full route. doom and gloom. I'm going full doom and gloom. I put the Panthers in a three-team tease. That's how doom and gloom I went in Vegas. All right, to try to, to try to reverse reverse it. That's how bad I felt. I bet against the Saints, hoping that I would lose myself money and the Saints would win. That's how that's how negative I feel about this game. I admire your dedication. Yeah, I do. So. Uh, Andrew, you've got you've got grades which were fantastic and just bitter as fuck this week. <laughs> um, Kevin, you're gonna have a power ranking in 2014, I'm sure. Yep. Um, hey, and wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. We can't end the podcast like this. You fucking teased. You teased on the text messages. Best Christmas movie. I did. The answer is simple. It's fucking Die Hard. <laughs> Yippee ki yay, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> That's Die Hard Two, and we don't we don't count Die Hard Two. Actually, no, we actually we do count Die Hard Two because the last Die Hard was fucking terrible. It was that that movie. It didn't. It's like Caddyshack Two, Kevin. It doesn't exist. Right. 
Are you talking about the one with Samuel L. Jackson? No, no. We're talking about the oh, one Jesus with the guy Christ from the that. IBM commercial. Oh, um, I didn't. I don't think I even watched that one. No. Wait, the IBM commercial? Yeah, he's the son, or I don't know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The son. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the one where they're in Russia and there's some smoke yeah. hot chick who. Ugh, that's just it's just a fucking mind scrambler. I, I, I Die Hard is a good choice, but I mean Christmas Vacation. That's my number two. I mean, that's just that's just magic. I, I, a Christmas Story is really, it's really good. But I, I say I have to say Christmas Vacation. Uh, Andrew, I'm going. I'm going Home Alone. I loved Home Alone. Another 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 good one. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that that makes the podium on my medal. That makes my medal stand. Yeah. Um. So what else did I tease besides Christmas movie, Kevin? Oh well, uh, wrestling, but that's irrelevant. Rel- are you? Are you? Did you get your license yet? Uh, I'm mailing off my uh, licensing application uh, tomorrow, so I will keep y'all posted on that. Uh, at uh, practice last night, I had to hop out of the ring early because my left leg is still fucking brittle from running a 5K on Sunday morning. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, ma- yeah, maybe that was an omen of things to come. Is yeah. running a fu- running a five k in twenty degree weather uh, in St. Louis and having your left leg just completely break down on you about half a mile in. Yeah, the only thing wor- the only worse idea than that, Kevin, was my uh, breakfast Sunday morning, which was McDonald's, Bud Light Lime, Paps Blue Ribbon, and uh, a martini. Whoa! In, in Vegas. I mean, is there any time where Bud Light Lime is a good idea ever? No, I, I, I don't. I don't care. I don't care what Pitbull says. It's never it was a good a 20, time. It was a twenty-four ounce. It was two dollars and fifty cents at the Walgreens. Ah. <laughs> at the Las Vegas Walgreens. <laughs> uh, I'm all about the class. Life is a lucky lady. It is. It is. It. Did you just refer to your wife as it? Yeah, I did. I'm. I'm. I'm a. I, I am I am a romantic man, uh, but see Andrew, I made up for it because. Well, what was the our, nickname again? Totes. Totes. Yeah, I made up Totes. for it with her with a Christmas gift of 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 uh, her other wedding band. So like I can just do just horrible horrible things, and just be a total slob and jerk until Christmas, and then I can just hand her that, and it all goes away. Love you, Totes. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so. Uh, go to Saints Nation. Go to Canal Street Chronicles and do the open thread. Follow these two knuckleheads on Twitter because uh, we'll be doing that Sunday. And uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, until next week, Merry Christmas. And uh, hopefully the Saints will be having a bye. So long. The Toronto era. Oh, man, no water? People are going to freak out, Kevin. I know. <laughs> I want them to think the water's been turned off for Christmas.